Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we are beginning the new era in uh, our little podcast, Moa, where we're taking a journey through another show. It's not The O.C., it's not Riverdale. It's n- not the Twilight Saga or anything to do with Stephanie Myers. But it's really good. Yes, we are doing Starcrossed, uh, a 2014 CW show that, as Aaron just said, is honestly pretty good. Now, to be fair, we've only watched the pilot, but like it's it was a compelling pilot. Yeah, it l- did stuff well. Yeah, it, we can't say what happens later because we have not seen it. But just the pilot, I'm I'm engaged. It set up a very good world. Now, the only actor of note on the show, the only actor whose name I recognized in any of the credits, was Amy Teagarden. And Amy Teagarden played the daughter in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, just before this, essentially. She looks wildly different in this show because she has brown hair and in Friday Night Lights she's blonde. Like, to the point where I kept on being like, is that her? <laughs> is someone else on this show, Amy Teagarden? No, no, that's her. That's our that's our main character, M, as she will be consistently referred to as. Uh, but what I wanted to bring up, actually, Aaron, is there's another name you might have recognized in the show. And that is the creator, the producer of the show, hmm. is Meredith Averill. That name might mean something to you. So, she is a writer and producer. This This was, like, the first show that she, like, like this was her show. She created this show. Okay. Um, but she's also worked on uh, – she was a co-executive producer for Jane the Virgin. Oh. And she's the co-showrunner and executive producer for House of ha- House, The Haunting of ha- Hill House. Wow. She wrote The Bent Neck Lady, that episode, and won an award for it and wrote The, Sc- the Screaming Mimis, the uh, ninth episode. You know, to be fair, this so- is a wildly different type of show. But think about how good she was at, like, providing context and information in the two episodes of yeah. Haunting of Hill House she did. Yeah, I'm I'm – me and Aaron have talked a lot of times about how much we love uh, The Haunting of Hill House. So <laughs> it's not surprising to me that this show actually is – Pretty de- solid. Yeah, it's actually pretty decent because it's written by someone who knows how to write drama – how to tell a story. Yeah, in, in in a environment of magic or sci-fi or horror. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just thought that was very interesting that we're seeing the... The origin of The this... origin of, of Meredith Avril. That's so cool. Yeah. Or Avril. I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Avril. A-V-E-R-I-L-L. Meredith Avril. I would think, yeah. That seems right. Yep. And it's also, you know... Jane the Virgin is just one I brought up. She, she also was the co-showrunner for Lock and Key, which is another Netflix show. Okay. So she she came off this doing very well. <laughs> this, Unlike... Yeah, this show only got one season, but she hit the ground running afterwards. So one season, 13 episodes. Um, there was some tea that was dropped earlier this week. Uh, someone who works on Riverdale in the production side announced that this show was going to premiere... On January 20th, apparently it should drop on Netflix in Canada on the same day. And this person knows about no other Netflix drops. <laughs> so, like, this was not Roberto. This was someone else. Yeah. Well, we'll see if that is true as we keep plugging along with this. But if that is true, then we have almost exactly enough episodes of Starcrossed to make it to Riverdale. Yeah, there may be one double week. You know, we don't like leaving one episode hanging off no, the that'd end. that'd be wild. It'd be very interesting. Uh, 
with with that case, then we should probably get into it because this is Starcrossed season one, episode one, pilot. Pilot. So we begin right away, and we learn that it is September 17th, 2014, and we get a voiceover from, I guess, Roman. Yeah, Roman will become one of our main characters, and you Mm. can tell this is a main character. Yeah. It's a man's voice, but what we see is um, a little boy and a man hiding in the woods. Yep. And we can see people sort of running about. We can see, like, some flaming wreckage all around. Yeah, and we get explained that this is... From Roman, uh, September seventeenth, two thousand fourteen, was the day they are, the day we arrived. We fled our dying planet, and we came here uh, looking for liberation. We refuge. And they crash landed yeah. here, and <laughs> we are also introduced to. I guess this is the National Guard, not the military. But like the National Guard <laughs> is acting as a military unit. Yeah, and they are real bad. <laughs> They're They're- tough. So this spaceship, and we don't get a good sense of the space, the scale of the spaceship until they sort of zoom out at the end of this voiceover. It's real big, though. It's really big. It's real, and it's sticking straight up. in, Like, it hit the ground. At an angle. <laughs> and just stuck straight up like a lawn dart. Kind of like the Titanic sinking into the ocean. Except that snapped in half eventually. And this, we'll find out, will not. No, it's very strong. But the National Guard does what America would do in this situation now that we know how America is. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we're we introduced to these aliens. We'll l- learn they're called the Atrians. Um, and they are human. They're human with tattoos on their face. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, we're not getting the Star Trek ridge, brow ridge aliens. We're not getting anything really weird. They are humans with tattoos. We'll learn some of their internal biology is different. Yeah, two hearts we find out eventually. Yeah. Uh, but we're introduced there with one guy just walking towards the police officers. With his hands up. <laughs> hands up. And the way that this is shot looks like he's in the shadows and he's arc- and he steps forward. And then the National Guard goes, huh, tattoos on his face. And then shoots him <laughs> for that. He looks like a human being. And it's very clear that this is a crash landing. <laughs> like, this does not look like an invasion. Well, even if it wasn't a crash landing, how do you know this just wasn't just a guy in the park? Yeah. He's he's wearing just, like, clothing. It's, they wear, like, jumpsuits, it looks like. Yeah, like they're space suits. Yeah. But <laughs> he looks just like a person. And this, they just shoot him. They're so bad. So then, you know, naturally, the Atrians feel like they need to defend themselves. Yeah, so they release some uh, alien weaponry. It gets very chaotic. And the little boy and the man that we saw in the woods earlier... The man pushes him and tells him to run, run, run. So the little boy runs yeah. into a barn. Yeah. I, well, n- not a big barn. A little Small barn. barn. Shed. A shed. It's a shed, Aaron. I know why you said barn with such confidence that I change it to barn, even though I've written down shed. The, it's in the back of a house in Baton Rouge. I know, but when we first see it, it could be a barn. <laughs> it's so small. It It is a shed in the shape of a barn, like most sheds are. <laughs> so we are in Baton Rouge. Yes. And this show is so good because it shows these two parents mm-hmm. listening to a news report. We will have a lot of news reports. And they're really well done. Yeah. They're the, also a very good way of providing information. There's a lot of things where you're, where news reports are kind of... Some people see news reports as kind of cop-outs. But because this show is so much about, like society at large 
having information presented through news reports doesn't feel like a cop-out. And, you know, maybe it's because of the context we have now, but, like, having lived through the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, yeah, this is exactly what it felt like. Like, people sitting there glued to the news being like, should we go somewhere? Do we evacuate? Yeah, so we meet this family, and they have a little daughter, Emery, mm-hmm. and-, and she is nebulously sick they say don't forget to take your pills and she has this big thing of pills like the day breakdown a.m and p.m yeah. so this she- this show is very good at setting up things yeah. <laughs> i was i was gonna be a little bit more specific setting up stuff but they're good at putting things in early that will be dealt with later and not and not like <laughs> hammering you with them and not doing it as soon as it becomes apparent with no real understanding of where it came from so when Emery goes to take her pills as her mom and dad are glued to the TV, she looks out the window of the kitchen and she sees the door on the shed is banging. Mm-hmm. And like any six-year-old, she's like, hmm, better go check this out. <laughs> yeah, so we, we get a little bit of weird eteenness here because she finds the little tattoo boy. But to be fair, she doesn't know there's aliens. It's true. She just knows he's a little tattoo boy and he's hiding. He's scared. She, she doesn't see the big giant ship <laughs> on fire right behind her house. <laughs> so there's a little boy hiding in her shed and he's yeah. clearly very scared. So she goes and gets him a blanket. Yep. And, and she tells him to stay there, stay hidden. Yeah. And then time passes. It's, it's unknowable. Just, yeah. But she brings him food, teaches him cat's cradle. She also teaches him how to use a fork. I teach him how to use a fork. Uh, and then just in comes the National Guard with, like, dogs. I guess they can – I I can only assume Atrians smell different than humans. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, – if this is not too far after, it's possible that they're just following his trail from the, the crash ship. site. This could be and, that morning. And the news report did say some got away. Yeah, exactly. So very sweetly, this little boy obviously feels very strongly about the girl who saved his life. Yeah. And so he tries to protect her from the men with guns and dogs. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the men are once once again, it is a little girl and obviously a little boy. What these 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 aliens are just humans with like co- like cool tattoos on their face. Now, not to belabor a point, but like. Little black kids in the 1960s were also just humans with different things on their faces, yeah. i.e. a different skin color. Yeah, so so you get, uh, you get like, these two little kids and these, these this dog barking at them and, and like, these, these National Guard trying to, like, get over each other to point their guns. And then one of them shoots a laser? It's a taser. I don't think it is a taser because it doesn't have any string attached to it. It seems it seemed to me to act in the way a taser might, and we'll keep in mind this is sci-fi. But but this is 2014. He shoots him with something. The little boy goes down. Yeah. The little girl is carried away by her mom and her dad, and she's very upset because she just saw a little boy get shot <laughs> and presumably killed. Yeah, this is a bad day for him. Very bad day. And then we skip ahead ten years. The big ship's still there. It's being disassembled. Um, M is John. Well, someone who's clearly Emily, or yeah. sorry, Emery. Well, yeah, yeah. Use, using their using the 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 language of film of having the image of the little girl and then a jogging young jogging woman. young woman. You can assume. <laughs> so she's jogging. Um, you can tell that things aren't still aren't quite normal because there's like a tank 
or some sort of like there's, armored car going down of, the road. There's a lot of military, especially militarized police around. Yeah. Like you got, you got a military truck and police cars and that sort of gives you the idea that there's still A stuff. presence. Yeah. So she jogs to the hospital where she meets her friend and this friend's name is Julia. Yeah. And Julia's watching the news mm-hmm. because a, this is a big deal. They are going to integrate schools in the South. Yeah. So the, these agents have been locked in a government facility for 10 years. But finally, seven teenagers are going to go to Marshall High. And the imagery is so evocative of desegregation. Yeah. And the, the, th- the weird thing is that I think at the time this show was made, that imagery was not as evocative as it is even now, six years later. Like, it's wild. You watch this and you're like, yeah, I can if, see that happening if, in the States. If this show was ma- was made post-Trump, people people would be like, oh, I feel like you're being a little heavy-handed with the uh, <laughs> metaphors here. We understand this is what's happening we, in our country. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but this came out two years before that. So um, this news is on every single channel because this is such a big deal. Yeah. And Julia is, like, a little excited about it. She's she, kind of into Atrians. She does, yeah, she does mention later that she's a fan of Atrian. She thinks it's, it, it sort of shows that, you know, young people have one different point of view. And we see all these conspiracy theorists who still think the Atrians are there as invaders. Which is wild. Yeah. There's some, there's the, we the interview this one woman who's like pointing at like the ship and, you know, they're doing stuff around the ship and why don't we know all this information? And it's, once again, this show just might be, might be ahead of its time. Um, other things we learned during the scene is M has been off school for four years. So she's actually going to be starting at high school at the exact same time as the Atrians. Yeah. And her dad's on TV. Yeah. As I said, this scene condenses so much important information into one scene but it doesn't feel overwhelming you're just like okay all right i get it it all comes out it all comes out pretty naturally don't get me wrong there are still some weird lines in this at one point julia very clearly goes wow it's sure cool that your dad the commander gets to go into the atrian neighborhood yeah yeah uh which is which is weird because earlier they clarified by that just saying jewel saying isn't that your dad (laughs) <laughs> says Whitehall. Yeah, so I, I don't know why they added, they have this other line that clarifies something we already understand. But. Yeah. Uh, we, the important thing, though, we get here is that uh, Jules has heard of this, call, they call her Jules, so. Yeah. Um, heard of this medicinal herb in the, uh, in the atriums called Cyper. And it's supposed to be able to cure anything. It, yeah, it's nebulously medicinal. But to be fair, rumor and hearsay. Yeah. Uh, so we we get to the school. Lots time. of protests are happening. Lots of protests. Oh yeah, we get some stuff set up with uh, uh, like her dad scanning the bracelets of the Atrians. Um, M has a friend Luke, who gives her kind of the Mean Girls tour of the high school. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "This is this click. This is this click." The the. There are moments on the show where the audio mixing isn't great, and it sounds like they kind of want you to... The people are saying things that I feel like are actually important, but they overwhelm it with the music, so I'm just like, what is he saying? I want to know what he's saying. Like, they should just either cut him entirely out, or... 
Or because I think he's making funny jokes about the different cliques at school. Yeah, he's definitely giving her the giving her an important tour, and she is looking at people, and they're all looking at her. She makes eye contact with one guy for a long time. It's a lot of eye contact. And, and, enough to tell you, he's also going to be a character. He's got a nice face, though. <laughs> Looks friendly. And we get introduced as after now that so the agents are getting here to the fact that this show takes, which takes place in twenty twenty four does a real good job of integrating near-future tech. There's just, like, floating uh, screens. Yeah, they, they look like TV screens, except they're more, like, hologram-ish. Yeah, they're, the the one weird one, which I'll say that I don't... I don't know if that worked as much as they wanted, because the screens are great, where it's like, hey, here's an announcement screen, and it's just a flat screen that you can see the principal's face mm-hmm. on. Uh, there's one where they're in the classroom, and there's a, a full-on hologram. Flag. <laughs> no, no. Teacher. Oh, yeah. The principal. That's in, right. Well, everyone's looking at screens. For some reason, the classroom gets a hologram of the principal. That one didn't go so well. But to be fair, when they go into the classroom later, they do have a hologram American flag. So maybe each classroom has, like... A spot where the hologram can go. No, no, I agree. I just don't think it looked good. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I must have been writing. Yeah, no. The, him, hit the the faces are great when they're like on. You, you know how uh, you know class. You know schools have hallways, uh, but they have like that the long, almost like arcade type yeah, hallway. Yeah. And there's just like for some reason there's three screens in a row, which I think seems unnecessary. You need only need one screen. <laughs> but, but sometimes in school there's three TVs in a row, and you're like, why? You guys. You're, you didn't use all of your budget one year, huh? Yeah, and then they have a few that are just, like, in the middle of the... It's really cool, and I'm going to bring up every single time there's near-future near technology. Um, the other thing that's really cool is their use of costume design. Mm-hmm. So, keeping in mind, this is four years in the future from now. Yeah. I think the costumes seem reasonable. Yeah. They couldn't have foreseen the 90s revolution that came in, so there's not quite enough high-waisted jeans and crop tops. But, but, it, but it still works. The, when she goes in, the first people she meets are like these hipster guys that look perfect. And so... The, well, she doesn't talk to them. Yeah, They're not she characters. Sees them. But she sees them. And I'm like, those are people that I know. And like the stuff that Grayson wears, which is the guy who's looking at her. Mm-hmm. I see boys wearing stuff like that all the time at the med school. Yeah. Um, but the humans wear a lot of colors. Like especially for the women, the women wear a lot of bright colors. And even the guys wear more colors that wear more colors than maybe you would see in day to day. Yeah. Then the Atrians arrive, and they are all wearing neutrals. Well, Black, gray, white. I'm going to say one thing I thought as I walked in. I'm like, oh, the Cullens have arrived. <laughs> they very much have a very Twilight feel to them that I think is 2014. Could it, be on purpose. It could be on purpose. I mean, one of the characters is Drake, who is... Emmett. Yeah, he's, he's a huge. big... <laughs> Big muscles, wears the same clothes as Emmett. Yeah, tank top with a hoodie over top, <laughs> gray hoodie there. But they come in, and Roman sees M, and they have that connection there for a moment. And then Emmett's, or sorry, not Emmett, then Roman's brain is like, oh my god, the girl! Okay, we'll get into this thing here where M won't re- realize it's Roman for a while, but Roman will like immediately be like, oh, I, I recognize, I feel something here about this. Which seems weird because Roman's the one with the tattoos on his face looked identical to when he was a kid. But M thinks that little boy died. She yeah. thinks she saw him die. So why would she assume she's seeing a ghost? <laughs> and she does definitely is suspecting something. But we go into the next scene and we meet who might be my favorite character because she is 
terrible, but Taylor? she's well-written. No, Gloria. Oh, yeah, Gloria. Gloria is, like, the human representative of trying to get the Atrians and the humans to meet. And when we first hear her, she's on TV being like, I think this is great. We're going to bring these two peoples together. We're going to do this. And then this scene, she's, like, still overwhelmingly positive, but she clearly only thinks of these Atrians as a project. And she's explaining to them, again, the things she says yeah. in this, the year of our Lord 2020, she's explaining to them about how people are going to be looking for them to mess up. So yeah. they have to be better than every human. They can't step out of line. They can't. Yeah. She speaks Atrian. She, she, don't get me wrong. She is, it's it's hard to say she's not evil, but she's definitely not, like she's on their side. But she's not altruistic. Yeah. And they do such a good job of no one has to say, oh, Gloria's a mean person. You get it by the way that she treats these people who are under her care. She doesn't actually care about them. And this is intercut with, in, I assume, like, student homeroom. The school is talking to the humans about the Atrians being there. Yeah. And it's a totally different discussion. Like, oh, this is going to be such a good collaboration of minds. And yeah. Well, yeah, what an outreach program. Yeah, like, like, like the principal, who I think is set up as a lot more nice, is like, yeah. they're, they're just people like you and me. Cut to glory. He says, you're test subjects. Like, outright looks at them and yeah. says, you're test subjects. If you guys don't succeed, Atrians will never be a part of human society. <laughs> we, yeah, we will pull the plug on this. Uh, it's so good. It's such a good intersection of the two. Yeah. Uh, we... We, we get a little bit of an introduction to Grayson with another piece of technology by the, all their lockers have fingerprint technology with the and student IDs. M can't get into it. <laughs> she sees the wrong hand. <laughs> Grayson's like, oh, you have to use your right use hand. Use your right hand. Uh, Grayson transferred last year. He's kind of just at this point your classic nice guy. He's like, oh, a new girl. It. I mean, to be fair, M is very pretty. Yeah. he's He is set up kind of as he will be obviously... The other person in the love triangle. Now, this show was advertised as a Romeo and Juliet story. Yeah. He is 100% Paris. <laughs> Paris was always a great other option. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely Paris. I, I do think that they, while they're doing the Romeo and Juliet thing, I, it does feel like they don't feel concerned. Like, oh, well, we have to follow the story. No, I don't think I don't think, think so. everyone will have exact duplicates. But he really is. He's He is the Paul Rudd of this story. <laughs> But now it's uh it's time for the first class. Ooh. Ooh. And we meet some of the other, once again, really well-written interactions. So we have all these people who hate the Atrians, but then we also have the thing where there's the women who sexualize the Atrians. So we meet Taylor, yes. who apparently Emery does know from junior high. And mm. she heard that the Atrians have three penises, a little one, a big one, and a really big one. Which, once again, does a good job of showing how marginalized groups are both... and Exoticized, but also... Yeah, we, we, we will get later when you get um, uh, some of the, you know, jerk humans hitting on a the Atrian women, and it's very much the same thing. It's... Mm. It's very well written. And so Luke leans over and he's like, yeah, I remember Taylor. She was a nerd in middle school. Yeah. She runs the school now. Yep. Uh, M does some searching around for the um, the cyper herbs. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> She's so bad at it. <laughs> she just asks, you ever heard of cyper? And Luke is like, you want drugs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can buy weed from the stoners. <laughs> if, if you want drugs, get drugs. Now, also during the scene, the scene begun with the Pledge of Allegiance. 
And yes. for obvious reasons... The Atrians in do it. Because that would be disingenuous and also get them beaten up. Well, and also, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a mistake that when they're doing the Pledge of Allegiance, it feels real weird. They have this huge American flag projected into the middle of the classroom. Everyone's, and all these students are standing up doing the pledge. And it feels very, I think we're supposed to get the idea that at, in 20, 2024, America is a lot more. Americana. Yeah. Which is funny because before Trump got elected. Who could have imagined? <laughs> yeah. Who could have imagined? So this, this, this guy, is it, is this Eric? This is Eric. Yeah. Eric decides to lean over to the Atrians, and it's just sort of like, so you wear our clothes and breathe our air, but you won't pledge our flag. And all I could think was like, dude, that's not the flag of Earth. <laughs> well, and then one of them is like, we're not citizens of the United States. Yeah, you won't let us be citizens. Why are we pledging to a flag that we, that we would just it's be lying? not li- our flag. We would just be lying. And so um, Eric does get all up in arms, which is what we will learn Eric does. Yeah, it's 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 worth mentioning that there's no other ships that crash landed. They only crash landed in Baton Rouge in the US. So you get a lot of these people just being like, come to our country. They're stealing our jobs. Look, it's not a subtle metaphor. <laughs> but in this 2020, it really hits home. Oh god, it it hits so hard in 2020 that I I think I, I've mentioned this before. It feels like the show was just ahead of its time. Uh, so the teacher bursts in and says, yes, Atrians do not have to say the pledge. Yeah. They're exempt. Yeah. They, oh, wait, I, I want to bring this up. Eric calls them Martians, and Roman is like, Martians are from Mars, dude. We're from a much better planet. And then Eric goes, what you say? <laughs> what you say about Mars? <laughs> Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. You don't even know, dude. <laughs> you don't even get this. This guy, like, are you going to bat for Mars? He didn't say Earth. He just said he's better than Mars. Earth is better than Mars. As far as we can tell, everything's better than Mars. <laughs> hey, we don't know if they're on Mars yet. Maybe, maybe Elon <laughs> Musk did get them to Mars. He's like, hey, my uncle's on Mars. <laughs> he's a real patriot. <laughs> he's a real Martian patriot. <laughs> he's in New America on Mars. <laughs> Mars. Uh. <laughs> I just want to point out, this is a show of very attractive men and women. Yeah. Eric is not. <laughs> Eric's arms seem too short for his body. He also, he, he well, the actor who plays him really knows how to sneer in an ugly way. Like, like he's constantly looking like he just smelled something bad. And to be fair, I'm sure the guy who plays Eric is fine, attractive, yeah. but like Eric is so unattractive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very good there. Uh, but we will have to take a chance to meet Knox. So we go to the east entrance of the sector. Um, the sector. The sector is where uh, the the Atrians live. And Knox is their leader, hmm? and he's welcoming back his children. His children are. I'm not sure if he's their leader. I think, or he's their spokesperson. Yeah, he's the human Atrian spokesperson. And um, his children are Roman. Yeah. And a girl we met earlier with bangs. Yeah. And this is um, Sophia. Sophia, and they call her Cece sometimes. Yeah, they do this good job of of introducing us to adults who clearly have more Atrian names, like Knox, and later we meet Weeble. Mm-hmm. But the human, I mean, because the kids obviously, cho- it's kind of like when people sometimes yeah. emigrate from different countries and they pick their American names. Yeah, it kind of feels like the kids 
picked American names. Yeah. And you have this thing where um, when they're talking, the mom automatically talks um, Atrian, and then the dad's like, English. We gotta talk English. Because the kids have to speak English. And so Sophia wants to fit in. She wants, yeah. she thinks humans are cool. She likes how colorful they are. She wants to make friends. Her mom does not want her to make friends. And Roman doesn't want her to meet, make friends. But Knox is like, no, you, you guys definitely need to make friends. Come on. Uh, we, we're going to get a little bit of M thinking about the dead boy. and She asks her mom if it's her fault. Like, if he hadn't been trying to protect her, he wouldn't have died. And her mom points out, you can't save everyone. Yeah. Uh, more cool future tech. Their cafeteria has, like, these food <laughs> devices. Now, I wish I had been paying more attention because we see some girl get food. Yeah. And then Adrian, who is... I think Drake. No, I think it's oh, Drake. Oh, yeah, it's Drake. Yeah. yeah, Drake, because he's an Atrian. Yeah. His meal choice is puffed rice cake yep. with different flavors. Chicken, vegetable, and one other one I can't remember. So I'm just I'm just curious about that. Like, is that what they offer at the school? Is that what he gets on his meal plan? Is that what Atrians eat? That's, I'm just so curious. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that it's probably his meal plan because he because he goes up there and tells them and he's like, oh god, like he definitely definitely is something that he chose to do. He, he so it's like the school or the. The thing. The administration probably said, the, here's the Atrian's meal plan. They'll get puff cakes of various flavors. Which just says so. It just says yeah. so much. It's very interesting. Uh, then we also get to see their cell phones, which are kind of cool little things. Yeah, they they look like iPhones, but yeah. they're clear. Yeah. And you can tap them to pass information back the, and forth. The one thing that they didn't do that, I guess they didn't predict is that they're small they are small yeah like they're not like these days cell phones bigger and bigger and bigger because you're watching videos on them but who knows what could happen in four years well maybe these ones project those holograms that's true yeah but this is this is, happens because m is very rudely invited to a party by yeah, taylor taylor does not want her to come to the party. I, I also enjoy Taylor. Taylor enters scenes like she's in a fugue state. She won't make eye contact with people. She just walks up and goes, take out your phone. Take out your phone. Tap. You're coming to a party. And she's like not looking at her. <laughs> and then later she'll walk in and just be like, yes, she's coming to. The like she'll drift through scenes like a ghost. It's weird. I like Taylor. <laughs> It, it is implied that Grayson wants Em to come to this party yeah. and that Em is allowed to bring her friend Luke. Yeah. Luke poor, is not cool, but... And poor Luke also, I, I feel like they, they gotta give him more storylines as it goes on. Because for now, he's just sort of around. Because after Em gets invited to the party, she heads over to Luke, who's at a table. Yeah. And he's like, oh, cool, you're here to relieve me. We're going to a party? Cool, bye. <laughs> he, do, he, he might have a crush on Taylor... I, or it's either that or M just bugging him about like, oh yeah, Taylor wanted you there. Hard to say. Yeah. Um. So M is messing around with her booth, and Roman comes over, and he's like, "What's your club?" <laughs> <laughs> Less brusque, but yeah, about that. Uh, and then we learn that this is a club where students go to the hospital and says you like meet and be fr- like hang out and. I, it's they, they it's, it's kind of like candy stripers, except for not so regimented. Yeah, they go to the hospital and they do like arts and scrapbooking and painting and stuff with kids in the hospital. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, I guess, no, she was a kid at that time. Yeah. yeah. She's 16 now. So Em explains that the club meant a lot to her last year. And Roman's like, oh, you volunteered. And she was like, no, I've been in the hospital for four years. Yeah. I have an immune deficiency thing. Yeah. Yeah. She got COVID. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was 2020. <laughs> um. 
And then it does this great, once again, great shot where M becomes suddenly aware that everyone is looking at her and Roman. And it does this great thing where she, be like, they, they don't set M up as this great paragon of connecting these people together. Like, she's not, she's not fighting against the status quo right now because she still doesn't understand the status quo right now. Like, she... Ha- to be fair, she hasn't been in schools for four years. So when everyone's looking at her... She gets nervous. She gets nervous. And she's... Like, Roman asks if he can volunteer. And she's not wrong in the what she says. But the, the show does a good... Because what she says... Um, so they have... The atrians have a curfew. Yeah. And they're not allowed to leave the sector where they live other than to go to school. Yeah. So he couldn't really... Though though, you, though she... Presumably she could have, like, asked the principal and or... And Gloria probably would have been like, oh, yes, that yeah. looks very good. Yeah, so it does this good job of showing how even people who aren't... Who don't... She clearly doesn't agree with all the Atrian hatred, but she is still somewhat peer pressured into excluding Roman... In this, mm-hmm. And it's done in this very subtle way. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, obviously, after, you know, she <laughs> she says, like, oh, sorry, no, uh, Eric has to come up. <laughs> He's all up in her, up in Roman's face about it. Yeah. And... yeah. It just, we're working towards that, that blow-up point. So, um, M goes back to the hospital and she's hanging out with Julia and she catches her all up about the day which Julia thinks was just great Jules being the audience really in this (laughs) in this show (laughs) is like well clearly you and him are into each other I've seen the ads (laughs) I know I know I've read the Wikipedia page I know how this is gonna go just hurry up with it I only got like four days to live because M finds some discharge papers Mm -hmm. and um these papers are not because Jules is getting better. Yeah, so Jules, it wasn't, they never tell specifically what's wrong with Jules, but it's clearly a cancer because the chemo's mm-hmm. not not working and she just sort of wants to. Well, they talk about um her CPCs, so that means it's leukemia. Yeah. But does everyone know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she mentions that. It's a very it's a very sweet and well written scene. It's she's like it's not me giving up. It's that you know I'm tired of giving my parents hope. It's just, despite the fact that this really is not a big thing in the series, like it's not the series isn't about cancer. This scene does a very good job of showing characters dealing with a very serious thing. The difficulties of palliative care, really. Yeah, yeah. But this is uh, what prompts M to be like, well, we gotta do something. So she sneaks her out of the hospital, steals her dad's bad badge bad. <laughs> She's well, being bad. She is being bad. <laughs> but she steals her dad's bad badge. Oh, and, and they go They go to the sector. They go to the sector. Where they have no chill whatsoever and basically just walk up to people being like, Can we have Cypher, please? <laughs> well, I mean that woman walked up to them. <laughs> And That's then the true. guy walked up to them. And the guy clearly is shady. Yeah, I've... Because the woman is trying to stop them from going with the man. Yeah, I have no idea what their plan was. They just walk through these halls while Alt-J plays, looking at people <laughs> until somebody <laughs> is like, Hey, you're clearly not... You're clearly humans. I just wish they, like, painted something on this. <laughs> <laughs> I get, but, you know, that might be blackface, so... So, um, as the woman tries to stop the shady man from taking them off to do who knows what, <laughs> they, they just, cause a lockdown. Yeah, they get in a full-on fight. It's it's rough, and then Roman comes out of nowhere and just grabs him and is like, oh, good, good, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> no lockdown for you guys. <laughs> and he brings him up to the roof, and on the roof, 
is Cypher. It's a beautiful garden. He's mm-hmm. totally willing to offer them Cypher. Yeah, and he's like, well, yes, it's, uh, you know, uh, when my fa- my father and I took some seeds and we built Cypher, as, or as you know it, or not built it, we, we grew <laughs> we some Cypher, or as you know it as, Saffron. So it, it, it it's Saffron. It's <laughs> yeah, a seasoning. It's, it's, their, it's their planet's version of saffron essentially and he says that the quite a few guards have like gotten some real laughs out of spreading rumors of this weed well no they didn't get laughs they sold oh, it. that's right yeah the, the, yeah the the guards were running a scam so the guards though would be humans who are doing yes. this yeah let's just point that out let's just just hang a light <laughs> on that yeah the the guards and that is a very that's a thing from history the, Think of the amount of times that somebody's just there, I brought this in from the mysterious Orient, and I hear that it will cure any disease, really. So the girls have much sadness on their faces. Oh, yeah, and I feel real bad. Man, the actor of Roman does such a good job of showing showing emotions on his face, (laughs) but face acting. Yeah. in this scene, he's having fun because he's... Because he, he think I think he thinks that they're thinking that it's, like, a drug. Yeah, or, but then he, or it's just, it's something ridiculous. Or he doesn't think that it's them because they look... Healthy. Healthy to his point of but view. But he asks, Julia, do you have a sick friend? And Julia says, no, yeah. she does. And he figures it out. And he feels so bad. Yeah. But bad enough that he notices that the sick girl is cold. And I thought he was just straight up. I thought he was going to do a Jacob and just take off his shirt and give her his shirt. <laughs> but he is wearing a shirt underneath his sweater. But it does reveal a, a cool s- X-shaped scar. Ooh. So Julia takes the sweater and wanders off to, like, look at the view from this roof. Because she, yeah. she is having fun despite all things. Oh, yeah. She is having the time of her life. And um, that's when M and Roman talk about the ghost in the room. Yeah, and they reveal that, you know, they, get, they figure out they're both there. Roman's very happy. M's very happy. Uh, he does explain that he technically one of his hearts stopped beating, but he has Ooh. a backup. So. That's when we learned about Atrians. Yeah, that's the thing we learned. Yeah. And then, you know, it's almost curfew time, so it's time to sneak the girls out. And Julia is disappointed. Yeah. But she's happy. Julia kind of already made her mind up that, like, this wasn't really a crushing blow for her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she ever even really expected it to be a thing. But she got to have an adventure with her friend, and yeah. she totally thinks that Roman and Emma are into <laughs> each other because she did, in fact, read the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, things will get rough here because uh, Sophia is hanging out with Eric and his losers. And he is doing that thing that teenage boys do where they flirt in a mean way. Yep. And uh, it, though it's it's also very much, like, once again, a, a show of how people treat. This was the scene I mentioned earlier of, you know, they're sexualizing a minority because they make a lot of, they call them tatties because they have tattoos. Yeah. I wonder if in this world tattoos are less popular. Mm, could be. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but this gets this obviously escalates into a fight between Roman and Eric. And to be fair, Eric punches first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, Eric punch. They're not going to make yeah. Roman punch first, Aaron. <laughs> They're these these are poor put upon Atrians. So Eric gets dragged off by the principal, and Roman gets dragged off by Gloria. Yeah, and then we get more of Gloria, and this is the scene that really sets her up as this like 
reluctant a- ally. She she says to this boy that if you mess up again, they'll t- they'll take you to a lab and put your testicles in a jar. And she always protects her investments until they aren't investments anymore. Yeah, she essentially threatens him that, that if you step out of line, I'm not going to protect you because I don't care about you. Once again, that's how you write a very good, like, bad character. Because mm-hmm. she, she's not scheming evil, uh, you know, I'm going to sell drugs to, to, to youths and I have, I'm going into a sci fight. <laughs> like, she's very easily a bad person that you that is kind of doing good but not for the right reasons yeah yeah it's complicated which makes it awesome so then we have a short scene where M almost goes over to talk to roman but then roman's tra- distracted by sophia and M is distracted by grayson kind of coming on up and being a nice boy <laughs> and we get more of taylor just sort of drifting into the scene like <laughs> Oh, yes. Don't worry, Grayson. Of course she'll be there. Keep it in your pants. Women like also men who are also cool and not just... Oh, women like cool with their drool. (laughs) She's a better Cheryl is what I'm going to say about Taylor. Cheryl. (laughs) And then she drifts off again. She's like, where am I going? Who knows? Class? Do I only exist when I'm on camera? Maybe. After school, Drake wants to go to that party because he's tired of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we got everyone going off to the party. Except for, of course, Roman, who's just going to hang out with Knox. Yeah, they're just doing a little bit of bonding. Yeah, we get some dad-son time and talking about how Knox is, is, has such high hopes that when? his generation may bridge the gap. Oh, God. The gap that they made. It's a very good scene. <laughs> And then in comes Terry, who is another one of the um, Atrians. Yeah. And you you can tell there's a little bit of history between her and Roman. And also, Knox does not want to hang out with this teenager. <laughs> Knox is like, oh, two teens? Mm. Absolutely not. No, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. So Terry is Terry, a jerk. Yeah, Terry saw Roman and M in the garden and decides to, like, sort of taunt him about it. And then she makes... These very foreboding comments that, ooh, soon it'll be the humans behind the walls. So it said, mom, and when, when my mom and the Trags yeah. meet on Mondays. And I'm like, are you setting up something? And then Roman says, your mom's an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is also great. Because it, it tells us we don't know if these Trags are important or if they're a bunch of idiots it could be either one well it, but it, it's nice that it sets up there's also atrians on the inside who i mean obviously the atrians don't like the the humans are doing to them but it says that there's some sort of like rebellious group yeah possible coalition thing going in there versus nox who is trying to work with the humans yeah trying to do it more yeah. peacefully um, so Terry also reveals that Drake went to that party, essentially, to beat up that Eric guy. <laughs> yeah, so Roman has to sneak out, and he does it through a guy named Weeble. And he gives him American dollars to sneak him out and to not know who he is. Well, I mean, of course, what else is he going to yeah. give him? <laughs> so Weeble can do this thing where they have um, tracking bracelets on their wrists yeah. that say where they are. And Weeble can disrupt it for three three hours. I think he can disrupt it for for an amount of time, and he just charges yeah. more for he more time. Gives them three hours, and he also tells Roman how to sneak out. Yeah. So now we're at the party. The party is kind of lame, to be honest. It's def. It's like 
a real life high school party. They're yeah. just hanging out outside of someone's house, kind of in the country. Yeah, it's it's like three fires <laughs> separate <laughs> from each other with people just standing around the fire that they're at. It's just when you consider it compared to like the OC parties or the Riverdale parties, it just seems so natural. <laughs> Now, I felt really weird about the fact that Em is kind of standing awkwardly in the party not hanging out with Luke. But then I realized that Luke has Luke found has friends. friends <laughs> yeah. And Em is hanging out with Grayson. Grayson yeah. went to go get her blue punch. Mm-hmm. So we- it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. It's unclear if they're drinking. Yeah. He says it's blue punch. Blue punch. No further information. Yeah. In the wide shot, there's also, I think, a guy just slamming his head against the wall. <laughs> He's way in the background. I'm gonna have so, to go back and watch. He's like up on the second story of this of this building on like the uh, the walkway outside, and it looks like he has his hands against the wall, just tapping his his Maybe head against the wall. Maybe he's making out with a girl, and you can't see the girl. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> as I said, I I always do the thing where I like looking the far background because I know those are the extras who were told you're in the far background. No one's gonna see you. Um, in this scene, Grayson makes a point that I thought is probably significant for the show in general. Yeah. Don't worry, Em. No one's looking at you. They're all too self-obsessed to judge you. Yeah. Which I think is going to be a theme. Yeah, it might, it might be a theme. Though people do tend to notice, uh, especially the Atrians. Yeah. People stop when they enter the room. But this is interrupted by Taylor floating into a scene and going, you guys need to see what they did to Brock. <laughs> yeah, I like... <laughs> okay. Just, she actually doesn't know who it is. She said, you have to see what, ha- you have to see this. And what it is, is apparently some guy named Brock has been tied to farming equipment. Which tells me, because, because Taylor doesn't know who it is. She found Brock tied to farming equipment <laughs> with a sock in his mouth and went, huh, I better go get people, not help him. No, I will say when they first showed him, because I'm used to Riverdale, I was yeah. like, is he dead? And I like, had to rewind and be like, no, he's just taped to that. Yeah, I actually thought he was like weirdly frozen in position like alien tech, but no, he's just tied to yeah. like farming equipment left in a field. So, um, field, oh, field, a clearing in the woods. He's also stripped. He's just wearing his yeah. boxers. Yeah. Uh, so Eric, oh, 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 I know who it is, and we're gonna. And then Drake comes in, and boy, Drake next to Eric, Drake, Drake is so big. Drake is the Incredible Hulk, and once again, giving to these actors when he does his speech about how he's tired, he doesn't sound like an angry, like you know, like oh, I'm gonna beat, beat the hell out of you guys. He sounds tired. This ends tonight is his message. Like, yeah. he's done or, or with thi- this nonsense. Yeah. Or this will happen to you if you mess with us again. But, like, the actor who's giving it puts in just this little bit of heartbreaking exhaustion in this guy who has been, who is tired of being, like, looked down upon and hated for escaping their yeah. planet early. That was dying. Like, Roman can't even talk to M. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's such good acting <laughs> from this guy. And so Eric gets all Eric about it. He doesn't attack. Roman mm. runs in there and tries to break it up. But then the police come, because I assume someone called them. Maybe and Taylor. So, and so everyone scatters, and something that was important earlier is yeah. Emma's wearing high heels and never wears high heels. So she yeah. tries to run and she falls. Yeah. And then Roman stays to help her out. Yeah. So all the rest of the atrians take off and he's stuck there. Yep. Yeah. And then literally it's like, 
Emery and Roman, and they're like, they're, like there's police in one way, and there's uh, the the humans in the other way, and they're all telling Emery to get into the van. But she's not going to leave Roman, who <laughs> is stuck there because he helped her. Yeah, so like it's it's this great thing of them being literally torn between two worlds and the consequences that come with it, and they run off together. And all of the humans are like, well, she made her choice. <laughs> but you can see on Grayson's face, he's like, I think she was just being nice. <laughs> We have no idea Grayson's feel it, real feelings about anything other than M. I will say that. They focus so much on the emotions of M. We don't know anything about him. What Roman, are his interests? Yeah. We don't... This is one thing I'll say the show. We don't know much about the side characters. No. But that's fine. So, um, M and uh, Roman hang out in a clearing in the woods. And there's sort of some discussion about the idea of humanity. And the fact that Knox believes so strongly in humanity. It's something that the Atrians can never have. And well, Roman's like, well, I've never experienced. Or, you he, know, now that I've been with humans. Yeah, he, he Roman, um, I'm going to say this kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't think the lead into it. it was, his speech is great. Great. Um, I can, here's the thing. I can understand how a, how a person's mind could hit those points. But it's in the character... Anyway, uh, yeah, he mentions that that Knox sees humanity as a vaunted thing. Though I don't think Knox is aware that that the translation isn't hitting Roman. Like Roman sees it as because he's saying humanity. Mm-hmm. Like I think Knox is just saying that as a translation of a term that maybe they have that in be. Atrian, and because he's like, he seems unaware that it that by its nature we will not have that. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And once I met you people, I don't care about that because I've never seen humanity from anyone except for you. (laughs) And so then they do the Romeo and Juliet thing (laughs) where they touch hands. So he has to lift up her hand so they can touch hands. And it's kind of dark and it doesn't work great. But you know what? It it is kind of a teen thing to be like, we're not quite ready to touch. And then then what what we'll go from this... Is a series of lines that I think were written for trailers because he says the lines don't you don't have to be afraid. And I don't know why he would because she doesn't seem She's clearly not afraid. She's clearly not afraid. But you know that's a trailer line. They're yeah. gonna put in him they're them being close about to kiss and go, You don't have to be afraid. Boom, star crossed. <laughs> but then she gets a phone call. And it's her mom. And first she's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be home in a minute. But her mom is not calling because she's not no. home yet. No, she mentioned, she says, Ju- Julia? And then what? she basically, to Roman's like, I have to go. And he says, are you okay? And she says, nope. If you walk straight, you'll find the way back to. Well, she she says something after, because he says, hey, are you okay? And then she says something. I think it's like, <laughs> I, oh yeah, I can't do this. And. Once again, that seems like a trailer line because it has nothing to do with this actual situation. <laughs> Other than I can't tell you why I'm not okay. Though I will say him saying, are you okay, is considering all the romances we have romances we have seen, that is the most real thing that somebody's like, hey, are you okay? Like, he what, genuinely cares about her emotions. Not even what's going on. Are you okay? And she does. She says no. Yeah. And then she tells him, if you walk straight, you'll meet the, you'll find the road to the sector. And now, a lot of things are happening. Knox is looking for Roman. Julia is intubated. Yeah. And... Roman is also there. <laughs> yeah, because it sets up that he has not gotten home yet, so he's... So he's at the hospital. He's watching Julia's room. Mm-hmm. Um, M leaves to go cry alone. Yeah. In the waiting room. 
and he walks into Julia's room and closes the door, which yeah. seems weird. Well, yeah, and then he uh, he takes some saffron <laughs> cipher pocket. Yeah, and he like puts it onto his arm, and it causes like these veins to grow and like it's to bulge out. And then he basically gives Julia a blood infusion of his own, like from that spot. Yeah, though. from yeah from the. From- the powerful spot. veins yeah, from the spot where he put the and it seemed like there's a scar on his on his wrist before yeah so it seems like either that cypher does have healing powers that's either connected to all atrians or at least to him or maybe his family or maybe certain atrians because the the scar on the arm is like underneath his brace so he had to move his bracelet aside to, mm-hmm. to do it and the fact that that exists there i don't maybe that's something that all atrians have but anyway he injects it into julia and um, meanwhile, Knox confronts Weeble. Yeah. I I gotta feel bad when you, you spoiled his name earlier. Because the way his name is introduced is that Captain Whitehall, or Commander Whitehall, points at him and goes, Weeble, what do you got there? <laughs> so they, Knox is busy confronting him. And because Knox confronts him, that's what brings Commander Whitehall's Yeah, because he knows his two Atrians fighting. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, they split apart. They see his bracelet monitoring. Yeah, is, the, the the device, the thing that shuts down the bracelet, and and it's the same thing essentially that Commander Whitehall has. Yeah, yeah, we saw him earlier with it doing the bracelet thing earlier to the kids when yeah. they went to school. It's like they set up things beforehand that come in later. So Commander Whitehall, in his mind, only has one option. Like this guy is doing illegal stuff. Well, and he also panics. Like well, he pulls we, out his gun. Yeah, Weeble grabs a gun. Yeah, like it. It is noteworthy that they do try to give Whitehall a little bit more credit than they gave the random guards at the beginning. Weeble does grab a space gun, and so Whitehall, and I don't know that Whitehall necessarily would have shot and shot if things hadn't gone a little bit crazy because. Knox realizes what's going on and says, he, Weeble, no, yeah, and we, it escalates the situation yeah, we, further. Weeble's, Weeble's fighting with the gun, and, like, you know, they're, they're, they're arguing over the gun, and then Whitehall does fire. He does fire a shot, and he hits Knox, and he's, you know, he's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, down he goes. He, he's got the blood coming out of the mouth, which means he's dead. That's the sign. Meanwhile, when death happens on one hand, life happens on the other, because Julia has a miracle recovery. They, they, she is, like, not intubated anymore. She's sitting up. She has all yeah. of her color in her face. The way they do the shot also is that literally as he's injecting his glowing <laughs> his, his glowing blue blood. She flatlines yeah. and then comes well, back. I don't think she flatlines. I think it's sh- – I think that's – Oh, do that's you think she in- shoots up really high? No. I think that was a non-diegetic thing to indicate that – Knox was dead oh. because literally he shot and he's lying on the ground and then as it flatlines it cuts to her and she's fine so it's this weird thing but it, it's this weird thing where, where like I think in the chaos you're supposed to be um I think they tried to set it up like oh did he kill her which seems un unlike him unlike him uh but they wanted to do to do this just great connection between he has saved Emery, or not Emery, he has saved Julia, which Emery figures out, really. Because she sees the the saffron, the yeah. cipher on the ground. <laughs> yeah, the cipher on the ground and kicks it away. Presumably she'll pick it up at some point. <laughs> and he kind of watches from the dark hallway. Yeah, uh, but they connected in with the fact that her dad has just killed his dad. 
Ooh, <laughs> drama. Like when Mercutio dies. <laughs> yeah, which would make his dad Mercutio. Once again, do not try drawing parallels, actually, between Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. But uh, enough. It's just the stakes. The stakes are that of Romeo and yeah. Juliet. And that is the episode. It's a real tight, good <laughs> setting I, things up. It's, it is an amazing pilot. I really enjoyed it. I there's nothing where I'm like, I'm confused about this, and yeah. I need to understand it to understand the show. There are things I have more questions about, Yeah, but... And only that the few moments where they took shortcuts, I was fine with them taking shortcuts. Like, they mm-hmm. mentioned that uh, Jules will know what Cypher looks like, and when they, and they say it and they just sort of slides by, but in reality, that didn't come up, her knowing what Cypher looks like, which makes me almost wonder... Maybe she was lying as a way just to hang out with her friend in the cool atrium sector. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's really well done. I enjoyed it. It's yeah. 42 minutes. Like, it's a full hour-long episode, but it went by really quickly. Yeah. Like, even with the OC, there have been some episodes where I've been like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, I'm, I'm interested to see... What they do. Yeah, where it goes. I think they'll build on some of these other characters. I would imagine Grayson will have more. Yeah. Lucas, maybe. I don't want Taylor to evolve. I want her to always <laughs> just be this weird ghost floating in and out of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably some of the Atrian teenagers will have stuff. I mean, Drake is... Drake, for sure, Drake will have for sure. stuff. He's got... He, 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 is the, he is the main, um, on the Atrian side, pusher for violence. Yeah. And if you want to keep it in a way where... Um, it is Romeo and Juliet. You kind of you kind of have to have both sides wanting to go to fight. Wanting to take it a little bit further. Yeah. Um. Terry has some interesting stuff going on with her mom, who's a moron, <laughs> <laughs> or possibly part of some some sect that wants to imprison the humans now. Yeah. 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 Some sort of like revolutionary sect. Yeah. Uh. You got you know there's conspiracy theories. There's a lot of stuff that it, that they could pull on, and I hope that they pull on. Um. And. It still does, obviously, because it is about a very uh, taught subject, especially, <laughs> once again, now, <laughs> maybe, I mean, no, don't get me wrong, obviously this stuff has been around forever, but it's so much more part of public consciousness and mainstream. Yeah, it really hits home in a way that, when it, I think about 2014, like, what was it going on then? That's when Cory Monteith died, I think? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what I remember from 2014. Everyone has one event from 2014 <laughs> for you. It's the death of the guy from Glee. It might not have even been that year. Yeah. There were other things going on in the world, but it wasn't quite, I don't think, as much of the trash fire as it is now. <sighs> yeah. It was good, guys. Um, Starcrossed is on CBS All Access. You can get a month for free. So, I mean, you guys could binge watch it. You could as well. We're going to watch it over a set amount of time, but follow along. It's worth it. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. For this episode, did you find a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment when Logic crash-landed on a brand new planet only to be attacked by the guard dogs of drama? Woo. <laughs> It's tough. Um, something that seems needlessly dramatic 
or like it's in the storyline only for drama. I will say this is a little bit tougher on this one. I do have it's one. tight. And I'll say the the nice thing about this one is that as opposed to other shows where we've done this in, where it's a where the, the ones we come up with are usually main plot elements that are just ridiculous. It's like a pretty minor thing. Mm-hmm. I think my CW moment is that moment where Em and her mom are having Chinese food and her dad's not there for whatever reasons. And to be fair, I guess she would be thinking about Atrian's and the boy in the shed because yeah. of that. But it is a little ham-fisted, her being like, if only it weren't for me, he wouldn't have died. Yeah. I'm I'm giving it to the fact that she, that she mu- there's a lot of moments where like she sees that guy like, she sees him on TV Roman and yeah like so maybe it's there because it's, she's thinking about the kid it's and- in her head like oh that oh that man reminds me of a boy who died. And, and maybe it's there just to explain to the audience, like, this is why she doesn't get it right away. Well, I she al- thinks he's dead. <laughs> well, I also think it will be wild to walk up to someone and be like, hey, I have a question. Were you a boy? You remind me of a, were you a boy who died? Because you remind me of a boy who died. Did you have a brother? It's not really a question. It's more of a statement. You remind me of a boy who died. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that was me. But like, you're alive. Yeah, with their weird tattoo face marks. I don't even mind that they just made them people with, with like, cool face tattoos. Yeah, like, I'm oddly okay with it. It's like when they turned in Beauty and the Beast, the Beast just having cool face tattoos. Oh, and Beastly, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that it's not supposed to show them as ugly, it's just, it's just to show them as different from humans. So they're easy to spot. Yeah. Can you imagine if you were someone who got a lot of face tattoos and then the Atrians came and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I will say, I wonder if they're going to do a storyline where people will bring up, like, well, why don't you just cover the tattoos? Because, I mean, because, well, that's a thing that they could do. That's obviously, like, but that is their thing. <laughs> they have them from birth. They shouldn't have and it, to. it probably has meaning to them. Yeah. Uh, what was your CW moment? Um, <laughs> I think I have to give it to Eric for specifically the line where, <laughs> where Roman throws shade at Mars. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, what'd you say? <laughs> I think maybe just the writing makes it seem like he's really trying to defend Mars, but it really seems like he's like, what did you say about Mars? How dare you? And Mars is our closest neighbor. <laughs> you should think Mars is cool. It's cooler than your planet. <laughs> it's cooler than Atrian, a planet that can support life. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. How good is your planet, huh? And once Elon Musk gets there. <laughs> it's unclear also if... Atrian is fully destroyed, or if they really are just leaving, like, a terrible situation. Because at one point, Knox and Roman talk, and he says, do you miss Atrian? And he says, yes, but this is our home now. That's true. So are they refugees, or is their planet dead? I mean, if their planet's dead, they're still refugees. Like, environmental crisis is still a refugee. Yeah, but are they, like, war refugees, or are they environmental refugees, Because at the beginning, they all say liberation. That's true. Yeah, which makes you wonder if they're, like, what was going on back there? Well, I'm sure we'll learn more. Hopefully. Because the show so far has been good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, uh, so far, thumbs up. We'll see what the next few episodes bring. And uh, follow along with us. Give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions, Apple Podcast, or your podcaster of choice. And please talk to us about this little show from 2014, Starcrest, Stork. Hmm. Stork Rost. Why is this show's name so hard to say? I don't know. Why couldn't I say Dad's Badge? <laughs> Star Crossed. You can hit us up on the social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we're at gmail.com. It's all Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. And we will see you next week. 
Did M commit social suicide by saving Roman? Will the Atrians be able to integrate at the school? What other spices have healing properties? Cumin? Oregano? Paprika? Answers all this and more in the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?